Hello, everyone. Good morning and happy Friday. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Eat Innocent Podcast. My name is JJ Briggs, and in this episode, I sit down and talk to a friend of mine I know through Instagram, Trevor Lomax. Trevor is a sports dietitian at University of Virginia. And I initially brought him on to talk about macros, but we just kind of went a little all over the place. <laughs> and I will take the blame for that because uh, it is my job to steer us in the right direction. But we did talk about macros, broken down a little bit. Uh, we went off on an entire creatine tangent that I actually like pulled out of this episode and I'm going to release as a separate little mini-sode. Um, so Trevor, thank you so much for your time. Um, it is Friday morning again and Sammy actually just woke me up uh, I fell asleep on the couch this morning re-listening to the episode. So if there's any audio mistakes, etc., my apologies, but I hope you all enjoy. Oh, and skip to about halfway through if you want to actually start to get into the macros. We talk about um, kind of Trevor's story and also just kind of dietetics in general at the beginning. But thank you all. I'm excited. I haven't podcasted in forever. When's the last Since time you I podcasted? My, when I had my podcast. Yeah. Like, like uh, almost a year ago now. Is is the are you totally writing off the podcast, or is that like a potential for the future? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. I I like my full time job, so um, mm-hmm. <laughs> unlike me, <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. I know most people don't. Uh, but if I ever got full time into coaching, maybe who knows? Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. So welcome. Uh, I am here with uh, my, like, I, I, I want to say my Instagram friend, but no, you're just my friend, my friend Trevor yeah. Lomax, fellow yeah. dietitian. Um, so Trev, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate you you jumping on here. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And so, oh man, where to even start? Uh, I, I know we chatted last week and I'm, I'm really excited to, to just sit here and, and chat with you. But I guess let me pump the brakes a little bit, kind of introduce who you are, what you're doing now. And then even like, I'd love to hear a little bit more, like I've kind of heard your story, but mm-hmm. I'd love to hear you share kind of your story and how you got into nutrition in the first place. For sure. And, and remind me, did you first hear my story on Jason Phillips podcast? Is that it? <sighs> Dude, Probably. I don't know. I've known you. I feel like I've known of you since you were like a freshman in college. I know. Not actually. But um, I don't know. It might have been the guy at Instagram at that point. It might have been Jason. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. It might have been Jason Phillips. It might have also been on actually the muscle and the hustle. Oh, true, true. Okay. Yeah. So a little bit about me. Uh, I grew up, I'm from Virginia. And for me, I grew up and I was bullied a lot. And I think people look at me now and they're, they're very shocked by that. You know, I'm like a muscly jack dude. I don't say it to be, uh, you know, facetious in any, in any manner. But so, um, yeah, I was bullied a lot growing up and I was very self-conscious. I was always, I'm not a tall guy, 5'8", uh, fully grown, I think, at this point. Hope, hoping not, but, you know. And so... Yeah, I was always picked on for being short, for being small. Um, I had really long hair, and I was kind of weird. I, I think I still kind of am weird, but I, I embrace it a lot better now. You are and, the, you are a wonderful weird. Thank you, thank you. I think people enjoy it now. Like when when you're older, it's cool, and when you're younger, it's like you have to be uh, you know fit in with the the flow of society. I think we um, also, at least me, I care less now than mm-hmm. I did. I, I've definitely always been weird. Mm-hmm. And I used to kind of like care that I was weird. And now it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I also think it, you know, now I know when to be weird. Like I'm not weird at work, you know, but like on a long time, like, yeah, cool. I'll be weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like what we were talking about before this, which I won't mention, but um, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> so, so yeah, I grew up, I was, I was bullied a lot and uh, very, very self-conscious, very, very introverted because of it. Um, and how, do you remember like like how old were you when like you remember like being bullied for the first time oh like before I can remember for sure really? um, so yeah. you're like essentially your childhood like as, as far back as you can remember yeah yeah and I think mine was unique uh mine was from my older sister mostly and I say that openly now because we've had conversations about it and she knows and um we are like the best of friends now so it's not even a thing like you know don't nobody go to her Instagram and like berate her about it and I love her dearly of course mm-hmm. so um mine came like within the household and you know it was it was very stressful for me growing up but um I think it did make me a stronger person in the end you know I'm always I always look back and I'm thankful for everything 
but I grew up, my mom was a personal trainer. So, you know, fitness has always been a part of my life. Uh, my dad was a collegiate athlete and it, it was always something that it was, we're always working out. My mom's personal training studio was actually in, within our home, which was very unique. And she still has it in her house today mm-hmm. in Northern Virginia. And so it was always exercise. Everything was always exercise, fitness. Uh, she was big into nutrition. I don't think she really knew what she was talking about most of the time. Looking back now, knowing what I know. But she would, uh, you know, push things on us, you know, the healthy, the healthy foods. And, and I'll be honest, she wasn't the greatest cook. And so we would eat like lentils, but it was not, it was not delicious, as delicious yeah. as, they, as they can be made. Um, so that was kind of me growing up. And, you know, a, a lot of that changed through high school and uh, through undergrad. I really found myself through fitness. I went into college studying computer science. I was, as I said, I was nerdy, weird, you know, like I love, I, I loved compute, um, you know, building computer programs, but uh, it got to the point where I was a junior and I realized that I was thinking more about going to the gym and what I was going to eat to achieve the results that I was looking for, uh, which at the time was a lot of muscle building. Mm-hmm. And I realized, you know, I don't want to be strapped to a desk for eight hours a day um, and, you know, just typing and. I love fitness. I need to get back to it. So I switched my major to dietetics and I never really looked back. And that was when you were a junior? I was a junior. Yeah. Well, so I had to do five late. years. Yeah, I know. Oh. But the fifth year was the best year. So I don't regret it at all. Yeah. That's awesome. And and you went to JMU for undergrad mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, Claire Tuning and Lucy Call, right? Some other yeah. fellow dietitians in yeah, this space. Yeah. Claire Tuning is literally probably one of my best friends from undergrad. I mean, we spent like every day together through all of dietetics. So very differing uh, nutrition views too. I think that's very interesting. Yeah, very, very different. (laughs) And that's like partially, and I'm sure we'll get to it, but that's partially why I wanted to have you on because the dietetics kind of space can be very Mm -hmm. polarizing and it can be very... yeah. Anyways, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna circle back. I want to I want to kind of finish your your backstory before we, we dive head for into nutrition, only because so after your undergrad you went to Florida State, right? Mm-hmm. Florida and State. Just, and you studied um, exercise science there. Yeah. So my master's is technically exercise physiology, okay. but um, my my major is sports nutrition. So most of it, it was probably about fifty fifty exercise science and sports nutrition. And what are you doing currently? So now I work at UVA. I'm a sports nutrition intern. So I'm a sports dietitian. I'm registered. I work with athletes, but I'm the intern, which is kind of like uh, you paying your dues to get into the sports nutrition field. You don't get a lot of experience in sports nutrition going through uh, undergrad dietetics, going through your dietetic internship. Even though I did a sports-focused dietetic internship, still don't get a ton. I mean, I was in the sports space for maybe three months during my mm-hmm. internship, which was longer than normal too. I did do extra time. Uh, but you got to kind of pay your dues here. So I'm doing a one-year internship at UVA. It's been great so far, about halfway through. Of course, half of that was uh, kind of amended by <laughs> coronavirus. But um, we're going back in a week here. So I'm currently, I, I have to do a two-week quarantine so that to make sure I don't have corona before I go back. Are you quarantining right now? I'm right now. That's right at this why moment. you agreed to jump on. No, yeah, I was, before I was super busy, but then I was like, oh, you know. <laughs> I can make some time. Uh, that's awesome. So I, I don't know if I shared this with you. I might have, but a really, really good friend of mine from college. Uh, she's actually the um, sports nutrition director at Virginia Tech. So oh, really? Uh-oh. Not, not too far, but, but rivals. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, so that's awesome. So they come back in a week. Do you have any athletes back yet or anything? No, football is going to be the, the first team back, and that's happening this Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then it's, well, not, yeah, this Sunday. And then it's yeah. go from there. Nice. That's awesome. And so again, I, I, I've knew of you for a while, like while you're still at Florida State. And then when you were studying for the dietetic uh, exam, you just like mm-hmm. dropped off of IG. And I remember like reaching out mm-hmm. to your girlfriend and being like, is everything good with him? She's like, yeah, yeah. He's just focused. I was like, <laughs> all right, cool. So, but you actually ended up near me for a little bit before yeah. UVA. I'm curious as to like your thought process, like leaving FSU and then now like coming back to sports nutrition, because you did kind of take a little sabbatical from nutrition. I did. Yeah. This actually isn't something I've talked about a ton. So um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm excited to talk about this. Mm -hmm. So pretty much when at the end of my, my master's and my DI, I was pretty burned out. You know, I had been running my own business online coaching for 
uh, about a year at that point and um, it was going well I was paying my rent you know I wasn't I wasn't making oodles but you know I was I was doing well you know we were having you know my clients were having solid outcomes you know I think I was a very I was a very new coach at that time so um, I was still learning and growing and it was great but I was so burnt out from nutrition I'd been head first in nutrition for I mean since I had started in probably even since before I'd studied it in undergrad, I was going pretty hard into nutrition, Mm -hmm. learning as much as I could realize there's so much to learn. Mm -hmm. Uh, So pretty burnt out at the end. And my two best friends back home, they uh, decided to start investing in real estate and investing in real estate is always something I've been interested in. Uh, You know, I don't know what the statistics are, but it's like something like 90% of millionaires are made through real estate. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I never really had a lot of financial opportunity Uh, in my family. 2008 was really hard on us. We lost a lot of stuff in 2008, as I know a lot of families did. And uh, I always vowed to myself that I would never, you know, put my children in in a situation that was same. Not saying it was the fault of my parents, Mm -hmm. but um, so real estate is something I'm really interested in. I still study and and look into it. You know, I am trying to buy my first house in the next year. That's That's my goal. Um, Yeah. So looking to do that and, and kind of get that rolling. But, um, so my two friends back home started investing in real estate and they were like, Hey, we want you to come on. You have sales and marketing experience from doing your online coaching. Mm -hmm. And I had worked a couple of sales jobs before. And I said, you know what? Yeah. Like this is an opportunity of Mm -hmm. something I want to do. If it works out, you know, maybe we have this great business. I work with my two best friends. Um, if it doesn't work out, cool. I could just come right back to sports nutrition and I've learned something. So went through, I was probably there for about seven months. We were doing fix and flip properties. Um, while I was there, we went through five properties and, um, you know, some successes, some failures. And I learned so much working with them. I raised hundreds of thousands of dollars. It was pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like a cool experience. Like I, I feel like a badass talking about it, even though in the time it was very stressful. I was very, uh, you know, we were working all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, during that time, I even started a second business because we wanted something that was more cash flowing. And so I started a microgreens business. So I was growing and selling oh microgreens. I forgot about that. Yeah. So that was like a little, a little stint too. And I was pretty close to getting into stores. Like I, if I had stuck with that a while, I think that could have been a great yeah. business. You know, because um, because so in November, I actually went to Tony Stephan's nutrition coaching like retreat, mm-hmm. and I was sitting dinner, uh, sitting at dinner next to Claire. And mm-hmm. I think it was like that time. I was like, have you seen like Travers microgreens? And she was like, what? I got to check this out. Anyways. So yeah. you started that microgreens business. So, um, yeah, it was cool, you know, and I learned so much through that business too. And so that was my seven month stint. And, and the reason I left and came back is because like, I just missed nutrition so much. And, and the environment that I was in when we were doing real estate investing was very stressful. It was, it was high strung all the time. Mm-hmm. And it was actually burning me out too. Um, so I, I had to make a change and I just like, I just saw myself losing myself. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. excited. I wasn't happy. I wasn't the same fun loving guy I usually am. So I said, I need to leave. I need to go do what I'm meant to do. So I started looking at sports nutrition jobs and got back to it. Um, but I wouldn't trade that time period for anything because I learned so much about real estate investing, which is something I'm going to do. I learned so much about entrepreneurship. I learned so much about um, service and, and just customer service in general and, and how to create a, like a loving business. And I, I will, I'll, uh, I'm lost at a loss for words still. That's awesome. Well, well, thank you so much for, sh- for sharing that. I've, of course. I've, been, I've been sitting on that question a mm-hmm. while cause I wanted to get, get it, get it on here. But, you know, I was just so curious as to kind of what the, what the thought process was. And, um, I had, I, you know, you hate to make assumptions, but I had kind of assumed that it, it was some sort of burnout because, mm-hmm. Before I got to my current job, I definitely burnt myself out. Um, I was a food service director and just, you know, with, with, with food service management, like I loved it. I love working with the people, um, but it's early mornings, it's weekends, yep. it's no life, high stress, mm-hmm. phone calls all the time. What would be like the number one thing you learned from real estate investing? And we'll have to, we'll have to chat about this sometime because I want to get into this. Like I want to... Yeah. Um, my, my wife and I haven't formally talked about it, but something that I kind of envisioned in the future, <laughs> same, right, same. is growing, growing the business and then like potentially like investing in properties. Anyways, yeah. what, what would like the number one thing if you could distill it down? Dang, that's, that's a tough question. I'm going to say um, honesty and transparency is everything. I think that we live in a, a time period where 
people know things and people don't like to be deceived because you know over the last 20 30 years of marketing it's been a lot of deception it's a, it's been a lot of uh, sleazy sale tactics uh, to get people into things that they later regret and for me and what I've brought into my business this time around that's been so powerful has been just this utmost level of transparency and honesty Mm-hmm. And like, if I'm trying to sell you my coaching, I will let you know, I'm at, listen, I want to get you in my program. I'm going to let you know that. Um, if I don't want to sell you, I'm going to tell you, listen, like, I don't think you're a good fit for my program. And I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I had to tell somebody no the other day and, you know, I would have loved to work with them. They weren't ready. So I brought that in this time. And that's something I've really learned in real estate is like, especially you work with some big money individuals, people with hundred like millions of dollars and they don't they don't take any bs so yeah and i think that can be applied to i mean nutrition to to so many different fields okay you were doing nutrition coaching online very Mm -hmm. very similar to what i'm doing right now Mm -hmm. throughout your grad school internship Mm -hmm. you stopped while Mm -hmm. you were doing the real estate investment and it sounds like you're picking it back up. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. It actually kind of happened by accident. I was working at UVA and I had gone home for something. I can't remember what I went home for. Um, this was probably in maybe January mm-hmm. or so. And I ran into this guy who I met at the gym. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, I've got my fitness in check. You know, I've got all these other things going for me. But like, I really need help with my nutrition. Like, will you help me? And I was like sure like I think this is a good opportunity let's do it so we started working together we've been working together ever since it's like four months now it's been great and then I've just been picking up other clients along the way now with coronavirus I feel like I've had more time working at UVI work you know 10 plus hours a day sometimes so um yeah and is it something that you're you're doing now like do you enjoy it and is it something that you you like to do? Like, it's not something that it's like, oh, like I need this to help pay the bills. I mean, that always helps. But but are, do, you, do you truly enjoy like the nutrition coaching part of things? Yeah, I love it so much more this time around. And I think that seven month period of not coaching allowed me to reflect on everything. And I was young. I mean, I'm still young. I yeah. was and, and what I was probably 23 years old when I had started coaching before. So you only know so much and I still only know so much and I recognize it now, but before I think I would, you know, talk too high level talk. I was in my master's, so I was studying a lot, talk too high level. And I would, I would try to push things that weren't working. And this time around, I've looked back and I said, you know, let's make this simple for people. Let's make Mm -hmm. it something that fits into their lifestyle rather than this extra thing they have to worry about and think about and and this whole another level of complexity. It just needs to be simple. Yeah. And I love it. It's so much more fulfilling this time. And I feel like just even my my coaching skills have improved dramatically. I'm so much more confident in it. So yeah, I can't say enough about it now. Yeah. I mean I well, I started off my Monday with like a call to line somebody up for the podcast and I lifted with my family mm-hmm. and then I um, had a client call and then I had to start work. And I'm like, man, like those yeah. first three things, like starting off the day like that, it's so rewarding. It's so fulfilling. It was like, it seems selfless, right? To want to help people and help them improve their life and their fitness. But it's also mm-hmm. like a little selfish because I've derived so much like joy and I like genuinely get energy from it and they help keep me accountable and help keep me motivated. But I've, I've definitely found myself growing even like month to month at this mm-hmm. point as a coach. And if I could go back, there's a couple, there's two or three clients who were no longer working together. Things didn't end badly at all, but I definitely didn't deliver all the value that I could have or didn't push them as I, as I could have. And, and, and I really like what you're saying about just keeping it simple. Like people don't need to know about all these like crazy carb cycling like like a lot of people just mm-hmm. need to know the basics and and to build that foundation mm-hmm. absolutely it's funny I actually did have a terrible like the worst story I had one client leave me when I was coaching before not now mm-hmm. he left me and when he left he had said this has been the worst experience of my life I had gained weight he was trying to lose weight he had gained weight and all this stuff and I'll take full, full responsibility for it like I was not the best coach for him um and I did everything I could but it just wasn't it just wasn't the right tactic. Same thing. I made it overcomplicated. Yeah. I made it more of a burden than it than it should have been. Mm-hmm. And I take full responsibility. But I've never learned more from a client than from that client. And and I think about that individual all the time. 
not in like a weird creepy way but in like a wow a little like, bit weird creepy a little little weird and creepy and, and i and i'll send him you up text no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but i learned so much from him that like i i do think about it all the time and it's yeah. great yeah no i, I think Oh, there's just like, I don't know, it's so much to unpack with, with, with business dietetics coaching in, in general, but mm-hmm. I'm trying to look at failure. Like Tony always said, look at failure as feedback. So like, okay, mm-hmm. I messed up. What could I have done differently? And, and part of it too is really getting more clear about my message. I tended to shy away from talking about macros or talking about tracking because it's like, I feel like going back to this oh, polarizing mm-hmm. dietetic space, it's like, well, if you have your clients track macro, macros, well, then you're perpetuating diet culture and you're the mm-hmm. enemy. Where mm-hmm. really it's like, well, no, this is kind of to get them to learn about nutrition and learn how to build mm-hmm. a plate. They won't be doing this forever. But when you coach clients, I guess, what is your approach? And have you felt that in the space at all? Oh, my God. Yeah. And I know we've talked about this just briefly before, but uh, I, I coach with macros. I think macros are the way to go. I swear by macros. I've tracked macros for, uh, you know, since the beginning of undergrad, probably eight, nine years now. Mm-hmm. And I will probably never get away from them. Not that I'm like constantly tracking my macros every single day over 10 years. And, and I'll dive deeper into that. But yeah, I think that uh, there's a huge and going on like the polarization of, of nutrition these days. I think that, you know, the people who are most passionate about something are always going to be the loudest. And that's why it seems like nutrition these days is intuitive eating is uh, anti-diet, uh, anti-diet culture and or anti-diet culture i don't i don't know if that's an oxymoron because they call it diet culture but you know like they they are the loudest and thus they they seem like they speak for everybody and they do not speak for me and I, i'm i'm definitely outspoken about this and i've had mm-hmm. large disagreements with with individuals and you know um i see their point though like i think that intuitive eating is phenomenal it is an amazing thing for the people that is there to serve. And I think macro tracking is a phenomenal, amazing thing that's there for the people that it serves. Mm-hmm. And it just depends what you're trying to achieve. If you're trying to achieve you, uh, you know, a healthier relationship with food, do not track your macros. It's probably one of the, it, it probably is one of the worst things you can do. But I think the assumption that IE makes, intuitive eating makes, is that people are inherently weak in their mindset. And I just come from a space that I think people are inherently strong in their mindset. and that being said, if you, you, I always talk about self-awareness. You always have to build the most self-awareness around you and whoever can build the most self-awareness is the one who's always going to win no matter what their goals are. Right? Mm-hmm. If I, if I go into something and I say, oh yeah, like I'm good. Like my mindset's good. And then I go and track macros and I end up with, uh, you know, disordered eating patterns. If I start obsessing about food, it's taking over my life. Then, okay. You have, you do not have self-awareness. You have, you are not ready to, to track macros. And it's the same thing about somebody who's like, who does have a strong mindset. If they went to into intuitive eating and said, Hey, I'm going to get really shredded or I'm going to, you know, um, calculate, put on a calculated amount of muscle. Well, it's like, no, you're not. So, um, mm-hmm. it's all about self-awareness at the end of the yeah. day and realizing what you need to achieve your goals. Yeah. And, and I think it's very important to remember that just like you're not for every client and I'm not mm-hmm. for every client, like we are not all here to serve the same population. And if somebody comes to me and I'm like, I don't know if, if, if I'm the right coach for you, but I, I, I refer people out. And it's really important to remember that not every kind of like tactic is for everybody. Not every coach is for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I think we all hear about the Hayes movement, the, you know, health at every size. And a lot of my thoughts come from that movement. I mean, I think that that's a great movement. It's just been really overstated and, um, I know Lane Norton did a really, really good uh, breakdown video talking about Hayes and um, what it actually meant when it was created and what it kind of has become. And mm-hmm. health at every size is all about just creating. It's, it's, let's not focus on weight. It's not, let's focus on like our body shape. Let's focus on creating healthy behaviors. And if we create those healthy behaviors, then we will thus be more healthy. And you know, you may experience weight loss, et cetera, but that's not the really goal of it. And I think that, mission is what a lot of nutrition coaches do. And like, I am completely focused on on my clients behaviors on, on how they can be successful with their nutrition day in and day out. It's not like if you hit these numbers, you're good. It's like, that's just the beginning of it. Mm. And I think the disconnect is that 
when people look at macros, they say, you don't do any of that. You just give them numbers and they follow that. And honestly, there are a lot of fitness coaches and a lot of nutrition coaches who do that. And Mm -hmm. I will say a lot of them are not registered dietitians. A lot of them are not trained professionals or people who had their own journey. And then, you know, went and said, Hey, I'm a coach. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like 97% of Instagram coaches are. So that's where the disconnect is. It's it's, you're not doing any of these healthy behaviors that are Mm -hmm. actually enriching my life and actually making me healthier. You're just having them track numbers. And, and I'm sitting here and and I know you are over here as, as you know, somebody who utilizes macros as a tool and Mm -hmm. saying, no, actually I do all of that. I just also am teaching my clients portion control and composition of foods and what a balanced day looks like and what each macronutrient does when you have more, when you have less how you feel when you have more, you have less. And mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just going a lot deeper uh, into the nutrition and in a lot of IE is probably just going more into the emotions. Mm-hmm. I want to like, for the record, for anybody listening, I do not know all the ins and outs of intuitive eating. And this is certainly not meant to be like a dig on anybody coaching that, anybody following that whatsoever. I think mm-hmm. quite the opposite. Instead of being more divisive within kind of the dietetics community. I think it's, I think it'd be really beneficial to everybody to be like, Hey, look, there's a space for IE. There's a space for healthy at every spot. There's a space for us. There's a space for people who just do behavioral coaching. Mm -hmm. I think of like Tony Marinucci, who does kind of like a blend of a blend of everything, like might Mm -hmm. not prescribe quote unquote macros, but we'll have clients track. And I, I'd like to think most of us have the same mission, right? We want to serve others. We want to help others implement really positive changes in their life. And mm-hmm. just like there's a bunch of different people, there's a bunch of different kind of ways to do that. Absolutely. I think we're all just handy. We're, we're handymen. We're, we're sculptors. We all just have different tools in our belt. You know, I may have a hammer. You may have a wrench. And somebody else may have a, a, a measuring joke? tape. I, I don't know. Is that? Is <laughs> just that? I might be uncultured if, if I don't know this, no, actually. No, no, I'm just messing Let with me you. know if I have offended anybody at any time, please. <laughs> Sometimes I'm a, a little oblivious. No, no, no. You got to be careful. I might I might just edit that out anyways. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be careful these days. Anything you say can offend somebody. So You, you too have to be careful. That's why it's like, oh, like I don't want like somebody to like, hear this and think it's like we're, we're bashing. Absolutely not. I, but I think these conversations are important and not – my goodness, we could go down a, a whole rabbit hole, not just about nutrition, but in a lot of spaces, like, I, I don't know. I hate like the cancel culture. And like, I, I sometimes I'm afraid to post something. It's like, what if somebody like doesn't like it? Or what if somebody, and it's like, you know what? At the end of the day, we need to like message going all the way back to your real estate uh, tip. We need to be honest and we need to have integrity to what we believe in and, and how we lead our coaching. Absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, one of the big things we've lost in this country is family values. And because of that, we can't have open and honest conversations. And in reality, a lot of problems that we currently have that are going on today, um, and I'm not going to name just for the sake of not getting into it, but I think a lot of things could be solved by having open and honest conversations where neither side you know, gets overly angry at the other person for expressing their views. And we could have these conversations and and I think better outcomes would come because of that. That's my personal belief, though. And I'll say that to protect myself from here on out. <laughs> no, and, and and we'll move we'll move off this. But like, in kind of what I mean, what I mean by having like a, a discussion about it is like sometimes like I have to stay off Twitter because I just don't think Twitter is a good way to effectively communicate. Like this is like a long form conversation. We we might be talking for. 90 minutes and I can say something now and then you might be able to change my mind and I could be like you know what Trev you're right like thank you for helping explain that to me mm-hmm. but like we can't do that in 140 or 200 however many characters yeah. it is anyways we've said like macros probably 97 times true what are macros yeah macros so macro is just a short a short word for uh, macronutrients and when we talk about macronutrients, we really, really talk about three of them. There's actually six, but the three we talk about are proteins, fats, and carbs. You know, the other ones we think about are water, fiber, and, you know, who knows what the other one is. It's something. Alcohol, that's <laughs> yeah. what it is. See, I always forget. I just don't drink that much anymore, and that's my problem. I need to be more fun. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just more of like a, you know, like 
I don't see the point of having like one beer. So I don't often, unless I like had a really long day or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, if I'm going to drink, I'm going to get drunk. And that's just, that's just like my, like still me still being young. Yeah. Like if I'm going to, if I'm going to pay for the hangover, I'm going to, I'm going to utilize it for a good time. Uh, so I drank once recently and probably drank like nine Trulies, but really like the, yeah, it was great. Was hungover, but you know, I was like, okay, that one was worth it. So that's just my philosophy. And I don't know if that's healthy or not, but um, that's a different, that's a different topic. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. So yeah, so the, the sixth is alcohol. Um, yes. Just because that's, that's one that, you know, when I have clients track macros, I have them track alcohol as either carb mm. or fat or a mixture yep. of both. Yeah. So the big thing about macros and why they call it macros, I think this is something that's important to dive into. Is, is Wait, so go ahead. The, the three we're concerned about, protein, protein fat, fat, carbs. Yeah, protein, fat, and carbohydrates. And they're called macros because we need them in large amounts, right? Macro meaning big. We also have micronutrients, which we need in smaller amounts. So we track macros in grams and we t- track micros if you're going to track macros or micros. I don't think anybody does, but that's like your vitamins, your minerals, phytonutrients typically need those in amounts that are milligrams, nanograms, smaller units. Mm-hmm. So, Cool. For the record, I know the answer to these questions. I just like to hear it. I just like <laughs> to uh, learn from other dietitians and hear that how they explain things because it could be different from how I explain mm-hmm. them. So when you say a client is tracking macros, like why, why track macros? So uh, mm-hmm. I guess let me, let me rephrase. So, so macronutrients are, are what's going to provide calories in our diet. Mm-hmm. Um, each macronutrient has a different amount of calories per gram. So protein and carbohydrates are four calories per gram. Fats are nine calories per gram. So, mm-hmm. well, Trevor isn't tracking macros, just the same thing as tracking calories. Um, no, because it's a little bit more in depth. Uh, tracking calories would just be checking your overall energy intake for the day. And tracking mm-hmm. macros is more specific because uh, your macros do different things, right? Your your protein is, I think most people think about this in terms of like muscle uh, and muscle is kind of what I like to think of more of like a storage type of protein where it does have functions, very important, it's very important for your health. Um, but then protein also does so many other things in our body. And I like to call them the worker bees of our body. Mm-hmm. They just do like literally that. everything. So um, just as worker bees, they all have like a different job. Uh, proteins have different jobs. I like to talk about DNA, uh, translation, transcription. It's a little bit more complicated, so I'll just keep it simple. But pretty much there's proteins that read your DNA so that it can make another strand of DNA that says the same thing. It's like mm-hmm. if you were do, hitting copy and paste on your computer, there's proteins that do that. So um, then you have carbohydrates, which are your high-intensity energy source. Carbohydrates, carbohydrate-type foods also provide fiber and a lot of vitamins and minerals. So, you know, they're mm-hmm. not just energy, right? You can't just cut them out. And then you also have fats, which, you know, do a lot of things. Number one, provide energy. Number two, um, regulate hormones. Um, they are, there are uh, structural components to mm-hmm. fat as well. Uh, thank you. Thank you for answering that question because I like the worker bees. I'm for sure stealing that. And I'm <laughs> for do. sure stealing the, I like to think of it like a coffee paste mm-hmm. when, when talking about DNA. That's awesome. Macros, again, they're, they're a way to, to kind of track overall total daily intake of mm-hmm. calories. Most of my clients, I have, I have one long-term male client who like, he's probably going to be doing macros for like the entirety that, that we're working together. He's got a really, really solid base of nutrition. A lot of my nutrition coaching clients currently that are tracking macros, we've been doing it really only for like the last like three to four weeks. It was weird. I had zero people doing it for so long. Mm-hmm. And then, well, I guess the one, and then all of a sudden, like four people started within the, the same, same week. So it's been cool to like, kind of have them, I put them in a chat together so they can like bounce ideas off of each other and, and talk about it um, with each other. I guess kind of from, from your perspective, why is it important for people to be aware of the, the, the macronutrient breakdown that they're, that they're eating per day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. So there's a lot of reasons and I'm going to, I won't, I won't hit on all of them because that's just excessive, but <laughs> I think the biggest one is that when we grow up, we hear of all these things like you need to have a certain amount of protein, chicken, fish, uh, steak, you know, you need to be eating vegetables and you need to be eating, you know, breads and grains. You know, I remember the old nutrition pyramid that Mm -hmm. was the thing when I, when I grew up and um, looking back, probably not the the best structure, but um, we hear about all these things and 
at the end of the day, it's like, why? It's like, why do I need this? And why do I need that? And, and what does this do for me that this doesn't do for me? Mm-hmm. And what I like about macros is it's a simple system to look at what you're getting throughout the day and determining, am I getting enough of everything that's going to help me get to my goal, right? For example, one thing I like to bring up a lot is that protein, when you eat it, there's this thing called thermic effect of food. And that's just, you know, your body burns a certain amount of energy, digesting and absorbing the food that you eat. So it's not just like a zero energy process. We're only taking in energy. We're also using some in that process. And I'm, and I'm not talking about chewing. I'm talking about like your bot, what your body does. Metabolically. Exactly. So protein burns eight times as much uh, calories as, as uh, fat or carbohydrates. And that's important because, you know, when we're looking at weight loss, well, we want to burn more calories, but what else does protein do for us? It keeps us feeling full. Uh, it, it, it is the structure. It allows us to recover from exercise. And if somebody's trying to achieve fat loss, you know, we want them to achieve as much muscle recovery as they can from the exercise they are doing, whether it's resistance training, uh, cardio, etc., so that they're ready for the next exercise session good exercise sessions, burn more calories, and it kind of becomes this loop. Mm-hmm. Shifting off of, of macros a little bit too, because mm-hmm. you mentioned weight loss and, and fat loss. Again, another divisive kind of topic <laughs> with, within, yeah. the, within the realm. And, and I, I, you know, I do help clients with weight loss. I mm-hmm. tell them from the beginning though, I tell them, like I have a client who today was her sixth call. So like we've been working together for six weeks. For the, we just, for the first time, at the end of the call, I was like, hey, by the way, you're down four in six weeks. It's been sustainable. Like, kudos. Nice work. I, like, I could see changes in her body. She could feel changes in her body. It's not necessarily like on the back burner, but it wasn't like the primary focus for like the first five to six weeks while we're kind of starting mm-hmm. to build that foundation. I know a lot of dietitians who will kind of like refuse to assist with weight loss. And, and I get it. Again, I, I respect everybody's mm-hmm. position on that. And I understand where certain people are coming from. But I've seen, like, if I'm not going to help somebody with it, well, somebody else who might be less qualified might try mm-hmm. to help them. Or they're just going to keep struggling on their, I just hit the, hit my mic. Or they're just going to keep mm-hmm. struggling on their own and be in the same vicious, like, binge restrict cycle or hop onto the next fad diet or stop doing IF and then start to keto and then go back to, like, just this, this kind of cycle. So I kind of look at myself as a way to be like, okay, I can help, I can help with that diet culture by breaking that cycle, helping somebody mm-hmm. start to achieve some of their weight loss goals and while teaching them overall tactics for the rest of their life. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think that as dietitians as a whole, a lot of us like to be zealots and like flaunt our knowledge around. But when it comes down to it, we have a huge role to play in marketing to our clients. And if, and this is something I've realized more and more recently um, and has really uh, been a driving factor for me to get better at selling people um, and feeling comfortable selling people is because, uh, you know, we have a duty and obligation to, to help our clients and we know we can do it better than, you know, all those other professionals who think they're professionals who probably mm-hmm. aren't really professionals. And we need to speak in terms of what our clients are looking for. And thus far, media and culture has said we need to lose weight. And we know you don't need to lose weight. You either need to maybe lose fat, yeah, or you need to just create sustainable, healthy behaviors that are going to carry you throughout your life. And, you know, being uh, extremely muscular and shredded, maybe maybe that's not what you want, but you know, that's what the culture tells you you want. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I will 100% am the first to say that I market to, you know, people who want to lose fat, who want to build muscle, because I know once I get them in my program, and, and I show them, look, this is how you do it, right? First of all, it's more simple than you're making it. But second of all, is this really what you want to achieve? Like, okay, now we can dive into, you know, why are you not confident when you are wearing your bathing suit at the pool or the beach? You know, mm-hmm. why do you not have energy when it comes to playing with your kids? You know, why can you not, uh, why do you not feel comfortable taking your significant out, other out on a date? You know, is it really because of your weight or is it because of something else? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that too. Yeah. So it's just getting in and then, okay, now I'm taking control of the wheel and like, l- let me show you all the other great things that you can have once you're not focused on the number that a freaking piece of electronic tells you that doesn't even measure what you think it's measuring. Mm. Yeah, no, for sure. 
get them in the door and we can keep teach them so, so much more after that. At the end of the day, quote unquote diets work because they put you in a calorie deficit. Mm-hmm. So like, do you ever start clients on like if, if they might not be like nutritionally ready for macro tracking like do you ever just start like okay like here's your like general calorie range here's your protein goal focus on that yeah i have done that before i've just focused on calories and sometimes i, I have i've told people they're not ready for for calories and that maybe we're just going to start with some sustainable behaviors. Like if they're mm-hmm. super, super under eating or super, super overeating. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and usually when I get somebody in my program, we, um, we do a couple of days of tracking before I even decide what to do with them um, mm-hmm. and like what direction we're going to go, because I kind of want to see like what they're doing and, and yeah. what type of person they are. There's, there's some like kind of nuances you find in the first couple of days of them tracking, yeah. uh, whether they change their behaviors, whether they don't, you know, I think it'll show a level self-efficacy a level of uh maybe even self-confidence and um yeah so we'll we'll start we'll start small but i think a lot of people who come to me um and i don't know if this is just because of you know past posts that i've made or past content that i've made but i think a lot of people come to me who have been lifting weights for a while and they just want to achieve like the next level of something they want Mm -hmm. to you know get more fit or they want to build more muscle um, or they're just completely lost, mm-hmm. but usually there are people who exercise and kind of have a basic understanding yeah. of nutrition in the first place. Yeah. And, and I think that's important again, just cause you know, I, I, ha- I do use macronutrient tracking as a tool for some clients, but sometimes it takes six weeks to get there. Sometimes it's never implemented. Like this is not something that majority of my clients are doing right now. I do a ton of behavior-based stuff and you know, the, the, the first week I have everybody do the same kind of food journaling um, exercise. I even do t- touch on things like hunger cues and like really just like tuning into them because it's more of like a quote unquote IE type of thing. But really, truly, a lot of people don't know how to listen to their hunger cues or that like, oh, I get hangry every day at 10 a.m. That's not that's not just me hating this this 10 a.m. meeting like I, I should eat. I need to drink more water. Um, so we kind of audit a lot of areas first before we get even, even get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned kind of, and, and I could see that I could see like the kind of the clientele that you attract being, you know, generally <laughs> men who like to yeah. lift because you are a man who, who likes to lift. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your, what are like your personal current, like nutrition goals? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just ran a 30 day track your macro challenge that started June 1st. And so today recording, this is June 29th. So we're about to finish. Nice. Um, so personally, I, I told her, I've told everybody straight up, I'm going to do it with you guys. You know, I'm going to show you guys like, you know, as long as you follow this process, it's going to work. So I've, uh, I've lost about six pounds. If you want to measure it that way, I lost about six pounds over the last month. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tracked probably at about like 95% consistency. Um, did have that one night where I raged my face off, but besides (laughs) besides that, uh, you know, pretty consistent. So, um, my goal, um, so let me, let me take you back a little bit, give you a little backstory of like why this is. I don't know if you saw me typing. I was typing a note from earlier. I was like, I hope he doesn't think I'm like emailing right now because you said (laughs) at the time your goal was all the muscle building. So that led me to believe that maybe that's not your goal anymore. Also, I'm the worst. I have to go to the bathroom real quick. I swear I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll just go for it. No, it's good. I'll fill up my water. Uh, what did I, oh, how did we even get on this? Did you say You're you talking about my goals? Okay. Yeah. Yes. So, um, after all of that creatine tangent, we were talking about your goals. So mm-hmm. just, just roll with it. I'll so, slice it together somehow. <laughs> so the backstory is that, um, when I was finishing my master's, I decided I wanted to compete. And I, I decided this a long time ago. My mom was a bodybuilder in like the late 70s, early 80s, mm-hmm. uh, did very well. So it was always a part of my life. And so I decided this was the time. And so I started prepping for bodybuilding. I, I bulked really hard, got up to the highest weight I'd ever been at. Um, and then I started cutting. And um, then I got to the point where I was like, okay, like, I'm about to finish my master's. I have comp exams that are very rigorous. I'm finishing up my, my dietetic internship. I can't, I can't get into such a deficit now. For those of you that don't know, bodybuilding is very demanding on not just your body, but your mind. And so being in such a deficit 
like this is an unhealthy level of deficit. This isn't what I do with my, you know, my fat loss clients. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it takes a toll on you. And I was not able to do that and also do well on my exams at the same time. So after that, I hadn't set any fitness goals for probably about a year. And were you still working out? Were you still? Oh yeah. Still working out. And this is when I was working real estate and stuff. So I was working out, I was eating, but I was like very active. I was very busy. Um, so, you know, somehow I ended up like pretty like cut. I, I guess I had lost, I don't even know what I was doing. I just was kind of doing it willy nilly. Um, but I just naturally throughout this time, not tracking one bit. No, not at all. Not, not at all. You know, and the thing about tracking is that after you've tracked for so long, you kind of still have a general idea of what you're mm-hmm. getting. And that's one of the huge benefits that I, of things that I love about it and why I think oh, most people should track. Um, at least for an amount of time. Exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah. And, and I like, I like, got like pretty shredded, but then like, um, I wasn't really like focused on it. And then I started gaining weight back and, you know, I was just kind of going willy nilly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of that had to do with like my lack of sleep. Sleep is, you know, huge when it comes to regulating fat mm-hmm. loss and stuff. And I, I started putting on some weight, but it wasn't like a lot. Um, and I started bulking when I got to UVA and then I was, and it was kind of like willy nilly again, not really tracking whatever. So the 30 day track your macro challenge came and I was like, okay guys, I'm going to go um, do some fat loss with you guys. So I did that. I think mm-hmm. most people probably when they're tracking, they need help with fat loss more than they need with muscle gain. So we had a couple people in the group going for muscle gain, but a lot of people were, were on the fat loss train. Mm-hmm. And so my, my whole goal was, just cut a little bit, you know, kind of get my body composition somewhere where I'm, where I, I, I feel like I look, you know, good where mm-hmm. it's, it's the summer now, you know, I can go out to, to, um, to the pool or whatever, feel good, not have to worry about it. And then, um, now I'm like, okay, well, I kind of want to put on some muscle. So once we go back to work, I am probably going to try, I'm going to, I'm going to start to bulk a little bit, but I'm okay. going to try to do the leanest bulk I've ever done before. Okay. And, um, when I say, I don't know if, should I describe what a lean bulk is? Sure. Versus like yeah. A, yeah. So uh, I think when a lot of people try to put on muscle, it's just like eat whatever you want. And that's what we call in, the, in like the fitness side of things. That's what we call a dirty bulk. And it's just like eat whatever you want. As long as you're eating more calories and you're expending, you're going to gain weight. Um, and then we have a, a lean bulk. And I like a lean bulk because I think it's the more aesthetic. It's really what people envision when they're thinking about putting on muscle. Mm-hmm. That's and what I, I, I took my... Like the, I've been working with him for almost a year and he did a lean bulk mm-hmm. and now we're like, he, he doesn't want to like totally cut for summer, but like wanted to cut like a little bit. So like mm-hmm. we're like slowly tapering down a little bit, I think to, to bulk again, but then plus Corona through a loop and everything. But yeah, so lean bulk where you're still in a caloric surplus, mm-hmm. wanting to gain weight, yeah, but, but it's slow. It's, it's slow. It's slight. You know, I, I'm in no rush to put on X amount of pounds or X amount of pounds of muscle. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's real casual. It's real nice. And, and the thing I like about it is that when you get to the end, you can have more muscle and you haven't put on a ton of fat. So whereas um, when you start cutting, then you don't have a lot of fat to lose if you want to mm-hmm. be like super shredded or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when students come back, that's what you're going to do. Yeah. So they're going to have to compete with my physique. So, <laughs> um, well, and, and, and you kind of come from like the bodybuilding physique space as well, yeah. where like, this is not something that like I've ever even, even talked about. So I'm, so I'm glad you went into some of that. <laughs> um, I try not to talk about it cause I think it's number one, intimidating for a lot of people. And number two, I, th- I think there's this negative connotation of like a lot of disordered eating and a lot of um, you know, well, bad I think there body is, image. but not there everybody. Is. Oh, there definitely is. But yeah, it's, it's definitely not. And I hate using the terms from it. Cause I think if people, um, are going to be like, Oh, he's a bodybuilder. He, he has, and I I've been told I have disordered eating before when I'm trying to put on weight and stuff. And I'm like, I, I'm happy with everything I'm doing. So yeah. man, tough. at the end it's of the day, world. at the end of the day, I'm trying to put a lot more energy and this is a work in progress, but at the end of the day, I'm trying to put more energy into myself, my locus mm-hmm. of control than I'm, than I'm putting out there, you know? And, and I think, I think, think it will pay off in the long run. Absolutely. <laughs> I will say this is the first time in my life where like 
my goals haven't been so centered around bodybuilding Mm -hmm. where it's, you know, I, this is a time in my life where I'm like, you know, I like, I like my body. Like I'm, I am, I'm fit, but I'm not like super shredded. I don't have to control my food uh, neurotically all the time. You know, I'm, I have muscle, but I'm not the biggest I've ever been. Like I can Mm -hmm. go and play sports with my friends and be able to run and, and not get fatigued really easily. You know, my knees aren't, don't hurt because, you know, I've put on, uh, probably, well, right now net, I've probably put on 40 plus pounds of, uh, of muscle since I graduated from high school. Like a lot of those things were things that did trouble me in the past. Mm -hmm. And now is the first time in my life where I'm like, I'm good, you know? Yeah. yeah, I'm going to go lean bulk, but that's just cause like, if I don't have a goal, like, you know, sometimes I don't even want to go to the gym because of that. Yeah. Well, and that's cool to hear you say that, Mm -hmm. you know, it it sounds like you kind of found that, found that balance. And I mean, I played softball in college, so it's like all through college. It's Mm -hmm. like you're an athlete, get faster, get stronger. Mm -hmm. And then after college, it took a while to be like, to to realize, oh, like, I just want to move well. I want to feel good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm, I take great care in, in what I eat but it's certainly not an obsession. And I, you know, make the, it's like making the, making choices now to kind of set your future self up for success. I always say, I want to move as well as I move now for the next 40 years. After 40 years, it's fine. I'll, yeah. I can move a little less well, <laughs> Yeah, a little less well, but like I want to move as, as well as yeah. I do now. I want to feel good. I want to feel um, one thing that's really important to me now that I never thought about before was being mentally sharp too. Mm-hmm. like making Absolutely. sure I'm staying hydrated, not just because it makes my body feel better, but because like, I feel like it keeps me, me sharper. I like, I'm like, okay, Trevor and I are hopping on at five. I'm going to take a, I'm going to have a, have a little mushroom coffee at four o'clock. <laughs> it's caffeine full. And so like that mental, mental sharpness is, is important to me right now. Absolutely. I think there's a level of uh, a fit maturity, fitness maturity, you know, body maturity that, that maybe we you reach. And I think this is, and this has been a thing that I've been thinking about le- lately because this is very new for me. And it's, it's how can I help my clients, you know, achieve whatever their body goals so they can get that out of their mind. You know, if they want to lose fat, if they want to build muscle, yeah, sure. Let's get there because I'm going to show you that that's not the most important thing in your life. And now I'm so much more focused on other things like, you know, having a great relationship. My girlfriend and I just moved in together which has been awesome and That's like a, hu- a huge learning curve, you know, it's, it's a yeah. lot to, it's a lot to do, which is great. And I've loved it. And, you know, I want to, I want to spend more time building relationships with people who I, we may have kind of broken apart because of, you know, I went to school down in Florida and a lot of my friends are from Virginia. And, you know, I, I want to, you know, as I said, I love real estate. I want to start investing in real estate. I want to start, uh, you know, killing it in my career and mm-hmm. also coaching. There's so many more things that really, it really opens up life once you're once you're done worrying about what your body looks like or what mm-hmm. your, what your fitness is trying to get to, and you can just be a healthy, happy person. Like you said, perform well from your brain. Yeah. We have like a certain amount. I always think of it. We have a certain amount of bandwidth and, mm-hmm. you know, my relationship t- takes up my, re- my relationship takes up a certain amount of bandwidth, my work, my coaching, my family, right? Like we only have so much mm-hmm. bandwidth. And so you get that Xfinity. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and we can increase it. <laughs> no, but so some people come to me and, mm-hmm. and their relationship with food and their, their relationship with their body can be so much of their bandwidth. Mm-hmm. By working with me, they realize, oh, like this doesn't have to be as much of my bandwidth mm-hmm. as it has been or as it has historically has been. I love that. I might steal that from you. Uh, I stole it from Joe Rogan. So go okay. ahead. Thanks, go ahead. Joe. Yeah. I'm obsessed. <laughs> Yesterday, my wife was like, you've mentioned him three times today. I was like, sorry. <laughs> um, oh, one more question. Hit me. You've mentioned mindset a lot and mm-hmm. showing what, what people can do with their minds and that, and that mental kind of toughness. What do you do to work on your grit or what are you reading or what would you recommend? Wow. Um, I guess I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna say something that I don't think anybody knows. So, okay. So, um, I I read a lot. I read a lot, and I used to hate reading. Used to hate it. Like I was that kid who I never read like a like. I think after fourth grade, I did not read a summer book. I didn't. I you know I almost failed college English because I didn't read the books. Um, I read a lot, and there's so many books that I would recommend. And um, okay, so a little backstory. So. Okay. 
I grew up extremely non-religious. Um, I, I grew up Unitarian Universalist, which I don't think a lot of people know what that is, but it's pretty much like um, Christianity, but they remove the uh, commandment of uh, believing in God. So it's okay. just like, be a good person, pretty much, okay. right? Um, and over the last six months, I actually decided to read the Bible. And I'm not like a religious person by any means. Uh-huh. Uh, so this is like, it, and it was something where the last year had had been tough, you know, from the real estate stuff went from, from just like deciding about life. I had a lot of like tribulations on my mind. I decided I was going to read the Bible and about like halfway through now. Mm-hmm. And um, I wouldn't still consider myself a religious person, but I think the book has a lot of really good lessons in it mm-hmm. and has alleviated a lot of stress in my life. And I, you know, I, I don't want to sound like a Bible bumper because like that was something I was like, never, you know, when I was, when I was younger. Um, and don't mean to offend anybody. No, you're good. I, again, religious. I think this is something that this is this is a topic that we tend to avoid. That I think it's important we mm-hmm. talk about. A really, really great friend of mine from Cornell. She's actually um, in seminary school right now. Mm-hmm. And I had her on. I had her lead a gratitude meditation, and and being able to like talk to her about her faith and like learn more about her beliefs. It's it's really, really. I think I think it's important to to, yeah. to be open minded and just. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. And- and, and so, so by heritage, I'm Jewish, you know, like mm-hmm. my whole mom's side is Jewish, which, you know, by Judaism, you are thus Jewish, mm-hmm. um, if your mom's Jewish. So um, I am Jewish, right? So it was, uh, and I went to Israel and I got, um, you know, I got a bar mitzvah on, on top of a mountain and it was cool. It was a great experience. And, um, you know, I really found my Jewish faith and I would, and, and so now it's weird that I'm kind of reading the whole Bible and I think I've learned a lot from it. Would I consider myself Christian or, or Jewish? I don't know. I, I think I fit very well with a lot of millennials and saying like, I don't really know mm-hmm. uh, what I am religiously. Yeah. But that's something I've read recently that has really shifted my mindset on a lot of things. Yeah. And I was not expecting that. I kind of read it so that I could be like, now I know it and now I can debate it because mm-hmm. sometimes I can be that person. Um, <laughs> and, and like, I just love learning too. So like, I was yeah. like, Ooh, I, this is a, you know, perpetuates our culture drastically. And I would love to learn more about it, mm-hmm. but it stopped me a lot. Um, and I think that's a very surprising answer. That that's awesome. I wouldn't expect myself. I was certainly not expecting that. Yeah. Um, One if thing. You want, if you want other books though, I'm also, re- I, I've been reading like four books at a time. Um, I'm also reading um, Leaders Eat Last because I think leadership and nutrition coaching is, is vastly uh, underlooked. Um, mm-hmm. I just read uh, The Four Agreements, phenomenal okay. book. That's a great book. Um, I've just read a time management book called um, Attack Your Day Before It Attacks You. Nice. So, so just a little bit of reading. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Quarantine uh, has me having a lot of time. That's good. So. Good that you're using it for that. Um, one thing going back. What was I about to say? I had a thought there, dude. Let's call it oh, back. Oh, Hello. oh, oh. Hey, here it is. <laughs> he called it back. One thing that I, okay, so I don't do, like I read. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I'm like a voracious reader. I always have a couple books going. I always have a couple Audible's books going because I love to listen on like two times speed or three times speed. Like mm-hmm. I can just listen to a book so much faster that I can sit down and read it mm-hmm. because I can do it while I'm cleaning or driving, whatever. When I talk about a book and people are like, oh, like, yeah, it, I liked that this chapter, but not this chapter. Mm-hmm. One thing I think is important is like, I very rarely sit down and read a book and I'm like, wow, I resonated 100% with everything in that book. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more like, okay, I'm going to take this from start with why I'm going to take yep. this from the four agreements. I'm going to take this from mindset. I'm going to take this from unf your life and make what I like take out of it what works for me and what works for me might not work, might not work for you. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important to kind of, I guess just like put out there as like a, a thought, like you're never, at least me, I'm never reading something that I'm going to a hundred percent buy in all the time. And I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the I Bible. Agree. Like, like there might be so many lessons that you can pull out of there. There might be some things where you're like, maybe, maybe not that, but the fact yeah. that you can read through and, and take what serves you and, and leave what doesn't, I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. And a good Absolutely. Lesson. Yeah, I think and it, everybody has a different personality. Everybody has a different way of functioning in their brain thought process. Mm-hmm. And if you were to take everything, I think you would just kind of being a, a 
pretty much a, a mime of every mm-hmm. of every single person and yeah. and would that work you know yeah yeah you gotta do some critical thinking for yourself and mm-hmm. and figure out what works for you and take care of yourself mm-hmm. all right i'm gonna cut us off because i feel like i could i could keep chatting with you forever but Always. where yeah. where, <laughs> where can people find you where you hang out most these days absolutely instagram is my my home that's where i post most of my content uh you can find me at trevor lomax t-r-e-v-o-r L-O-M-A-X, um, like I can't bench press a lot, Lomax, and uh, without the W. And then um, I do have a private Facebook group where I put most of my like really special nutrition content more in depth, but you got to you gotta ask to be in there. So, um, What's that called if they want to find that? That's called Team Lomax. I'm still thinking of a, of a fire name. I actually have one, but I, I'm working on branding before I, uh, nice. before I release that. So Mine's- yeah, that's the top secret. Mine's team eat in the sun, but I don't. Yeah, I gotta get on the Facebook game. You have a you have a good name, and that's what matters. The name is everything. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I've learned. So. All right, dude. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm gonna stop this recording. I'm not gonna hang up though. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for for mm-hmm. coming on and for your time. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. If you could please subscribe, leave a review on Apple, share this to your Instagram stories, send it to a friend. Every little thing really does make a big difference in helping me grow this podcast. Thank you all so much, and we'll chat soon.